welcome back to Turf Talk. It is the final day of what has been a slightly different jump season. But there's no different about how it ends. The Bet365 Gold Cup card at Sandown and here to run through it with me, as per usual, is James Watson. How are we doing, mate? Doing very well. A couple of weeks off. Recharge the batteries after a hectic Aintree period. Um, had some nice graded action this weekend at Sandown on the flat and over uh, the sticks and then there's a run up to Punches Town which is next week so some top class racing coming thick and fast yeah obviously we finally got the job done last weekend in Milkwood winning the Scottish champion hurdle that was the most I have cheered all season Rachel Blackmore making history in the Grand National no don't care all about the milky boy <laughs> all about the Milkwood Express rumours there's going to be a bit of uh, a campaign on the flat, possibly a couple of runs, uh, and then going chasing next season gets me frothing at the mouth. He wins everything. He it, it, it is. Uh, next season's Arco winner. There we go. Happy. It's good to see all mankind get his head in front again as well. And a cracking result for Scotland in the Scottish National training. Practically everything that filled the place is Lucinda Russell winning that again with Mighty Thunder. But this weekend, they say the main action comes the last day of the jump season at Sandown. Uh, and to get us in the mood for it, we'll start with another bad grade two, the Oxy Chase. It's a, new, it's a race they introduced, what, less than a decade ago. Uh, it's, it's been pointless for about six of them. And Frodon is a six to four on shot to beat Mr. Fisher, who is two to one. Born Survivor is eight to one. A militarian is 33 to 1. Oh, Jim, you've got. I, I know I know it's boring, but another grade two where there are only two horses rated above 145. It seems a, quite a fitting end to bring the curtain down on this season as, as we've seen the campaign and uh, the way the English jump season has being trounced upon by the Irish this sort of sums up the whole season in general um, Paul Minot, this is for the Menorah Challenge Trophy, I reckon if there's still a bit of going in the old boy, I reckon he could have a, a decent spin round here and probably, he could possibly pick up second um, it's a disappointing race and I'll let you run down the prices Yeah, well, look Frodo on should win, shouldn't he? Yeah, I, 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 I off-level weights with Mr. Fisher, who is is a good rival. And I don't think there's loads between the pair of them. Again, maybe that's me consistently underrating Frodon. But, but on a wise, Frodon is £5 the better horse than Mr. Fisher. The thing is, I say that, and then I think, well, may, maybe I'd have them a little bit closer together. But if you actually look at what they achieved, well, yeah. Frodon is at least a five pounds better horse than Mr. Fisher. Yeah, I, I, I think Frodon's the clear standout here. Nothing obvious there. Four to six favourite. Um, disappointing turnout for the race. Um, had a very good season this year. You can't complain with Frodon. Um, of course, the King George was obviously the high point of that. Thought <laughs> ran with plenty of credit when fifth in that Cheltenham Gold Cup. And, and I think she's. I think he's had a cracking season uh, and this would be a nice way to top it off. He's short enough price 
Um, not a backable one. I sit and enjoy it. Like, like you said, Mr. Fisher is officially £5. Uh, ra- rated £5 worse than Frodon. And it's been a bit of a weird year, year for him. He's been very up and very down. Uh, the peak of his powers, he, he won the Peterborough beating Kalashnikov. Um, I thought that was a really good performance. And his jumping's letting down in his last couple of occasions. Um, pulling up in the Ryanair, he, he, his jumping went to pot and um, Nico did the right thing and pulled him up after a few errors. And then the same we saw in the Betway Bowl um, with him unseating and making a really bad error at the 12th. Um, but prior to that, he'd made a bad error at the 11th. That's been the thing that's cost him the most this season. Uh, with the railway fences at Sandown, that would be something that would worry me with him. Um, fast, quick-paced fences coming at him. Uh, he's going to have to react fairly quickly. He might That might make him respect them a bit more, the fact that they're coming so fast. But really here, um, Frodon should take all the beating. The other two are there to just pick up a bit more prize money. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Although... In a, in a slightly mental turn of events, Militarian somehow managed a career best, even though he pulled up in the Betway ball. It went well for a very long way. Yeah. But, yeah, I think we all agree this is this is Frodon's race to lose. Yeah, most definitely. Fair enough, mate. Moving on to the uh, 305. This is a little bit more interesting, Jim. The Bet365 uh, Bet celebration chase. I don't think this is an awful field for a grade one, to be fair. Put the kettle on the reigning champion chase who is 15 to 8 to be Altior, who's 11 to 4. Sol Royal is 7 to 2. Grenatine is 6 to 1. Nutswell, who ran a cracking race, went second in the Melling chase, is 14 to 1. Good old Ornua, 33s, and Dolos is 40s. Jim, does the mayor back up her champion chase success? Uh, I'd be sceptical. Um, I, I thought that was well, quite clearly a career best on doing that. Um, she obviously relishes the course and distance at Cheltenham. Um, she seems to turn into a different animal when she arrives at the track. You look at her four most, uh, four most recent wins, and uh, they were all at Cheltenham over two miles. The third at Leopardstown behind Chacon Post, while she was beaten by Notebook. Um, obviously, something different about that course. Um brings out the best in in put the kettle on and that, and that was slightly worrying me here um she's had a very quiet season like well a few of them in this race um and she is a very very good mare but she was made to peak for Cheltenham 10 out of 10 for Henry de Bromhead to bring her here I think it's uh, a logical opportunity and, and probably she's going to avoid um Chacun but her Paul at the uh, at the Punchestown Festival. So I, I think the right moves to run her here, but I'd, I'd just be wary um, of of a slight bounce after that impressive performance and, and battling on well, because Sandown's a very different track to Cheltenham. Um, Altior is... Well, where, where do we start with him? He, obviously, the up-and-down season, we've only seen him once, and that was at Kempton, and he was disappointing in that Desert Orchid chase. Um the ground is going to once again be good on Saturday and that will be a major worry for him. Um, it, it was clear that two miles on soft ground was um, was not to his liking anymore and I'd hate to imagine what it would be like round here. Um, obviously, 
he's normally aimed at this race towards the end of the season. Um, we saw him win uh, the races similar to this all year round um, in previous years. And I think he'll struggle here. And then you've got the fourth and the fifth from the champion chase who were in behind Put the Kettle on. We saw Ryle and Grenatine. And I, I mean, I, I've been a massive advocate of Grenatine and I wasn't exactly full of confidence going into the champion chase. But that was that was for me a career best. Uh, he's quite clearly progressing with racing. He settled a lot better uh, at Cheltenham last time, and I was impressed with how he went round the course. I, 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 I thought he he didn't exactly look at home in the Grand Annual um, two years ago, but I thought he ran with plenty of credit uh, in that race. And I'm, I'd probably just be siding with him here. I know I know Saw Ryo was very unlucky, um, but you feel like I feel like he's exposed and I know where I stand with him whereas Grenatine I still think there is that little bit of progression to come and like you said about Nutswell a, a fantastic horse for the uh, Hamilton family um, cut off at a crucial part of the race and, and give away vital ground um, but ran on well enough to, to get the better of itchy feet and politologue that day and uh, I hope he gives uh, Danny McMenamin a, a great spin round but probably for me Grenatine each way we're looking to take on the favourite in this. Interesting, mate. I've underrated put the cow on every time she's won. I don't think I've ever put her up for a race. So, so I'm not sure whether that'll come back to bite me, bite me once again. Because even allowing for how much she likes to tell them, I think her form this season is the best in this. And she's, she's priced that way. And I, I see where you're coming from with Sorrel. I can't have Altior. Not after the Desert Orchid. Just, we were saying it on the, on the Cheltenham preview, weren't we? Just all, the, all, all of Altior's weaknesses last season look to have been bigger at Kempton. You know, the things he was getting worse at had... Had, uh, developed to a, to another degree this time. He he was just ran off his feet. Can't be backing him at such a short price. I I think Put the Kettle on probably does win this. Fifteen to eight is a fair enough price. It's it's the fourth and fifth that worry me though, Jim, in the champion chase. Grenatine and Sol Royale, I think they'll be closer to her. And I think Sol Royale. Is probably where the biggest danger lies. I know he finished behind Grenadine at Cheltenham, but he's 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 had a good season, hasn't he? Even though, you know, maybe a little bit low key, but he has managed to win the elite hurdle and the game spirit, still operating at probably the similar at a similar level as to what he's always been. I don't think he's regressed. That he's probably the main danger. It's a race I'd leave alone from a betting perspective personally, but probably pro- probably put the kettle on wins is from Soul Royal, I think. Yeah, and for me, um, I think Grenatine's an each-way price if um, you can still get the three places, which you can't, but maybe an each-way extra Um could be something that you'd look into. If there's three places about Grenatine, I'd be willing to take that as a bit of scumbag each way. Yeah, I can't disagree with that, Jimbo. Uh, 
The feature race of the weekend is a Bet365 Gold Cup. Everyone who's older than me is going to be angry at me for not calling it the Whitbread, even though I don't think it's been the Whitbread since I've been alive. Uh, plan of attack is 4 to one five. Henry de Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore. Doesn't really matter that it's Henry de Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore. It matters more that he's Irish. Uh, 11 to 2, Enrillo for the champion jockey, Harry Skelton. 11 to 2, Kitty's Light. 13 to 2, El Presente. 10's Potterman. 11's Cross Park and Golan Fortune. 16's Irish Prophecy, Cap Duno and Supreme Escape. 25 to 1 bar. No Clanders or Bojim. He goes to Punchestown. Is it a little bit of a disappointing field? Yeah, I, I was going to say that. I, I never necessarily find this race as exciting as other racing fans. I, I, maybe because I think it's end of season and it, it just never really um, sort of brings it to my imagination, really. And well, the hot, we've got what? a four to one five, Jim. We've got a four to one five of form figures this year of PP eight F. But who you could. Get a Shetland pony from Ireland and run it in England, and it'd be odds on favourite. Um, Ponov attacks a horse that um, did well last year. Um, he won at Aintree, if I cast my mind back, um, and he was fourth in the Kim Muir um, in last year. Sorry. Um, so he's got bits and pieces of form in the book over here, and he's run well. Um, like you said, he's been very disappointing this year. He he went off a fair fair enough price, of, well, fair short enough price in the Kim Yo this year, um, and become a cropper um, during that. And for me, I'd have to oppose him. Um, there's not an awful lot I like in this race, and I've I've tried to wreck my brains and see where what I could get out of it. Um, the horse that just kept attracting me to is Kitty's Light. Um, Christian Williams having a tremendous season. I really like what uh, what um, Kitty's Light did um, last time at Kelso. Stayed on really strongly towards the end, um, and the extra distance I don't think will be a worry for for Kitty's Light. Um, caught my eye fairly early on in the season when winning uh, a handicap chase at Exeter, um, putting putting aside a nice field and, and for a five-year-old that was relatively inexperienced and flatbred I was quite impressed um, jumping is a slight question mark but um, never ran at Sandown before uh, and I think he's progressing at a nice rate of knots and for mark of 139 with a very valuable £3 claimer in Jack Tudor I think if Kitty Light's jumping holds up I think he'll he'll enjoy this he'll enjoy the surface the a lot of his form is on good, good to firm ground. Um, so the the quicker it is, the better for him. Uh, and I'm hoping at five to one, Kitty's Light's probably where I'm going to be going in a disappointing turnout for what has a good reputation of a race. It just looks like a race full of poorly handicapped horses to me. Cross Park's a Cross Park's a Donny. We all like Cross Park, but he never wins and he's rated 150 nowadays. You know, I, I, I like Cross Park, but look at some of the air horses in Ireland that are rated 150. You know what I mean? Potterman has had a good season. And so has El Presente, to be fair. They've all earned their ratings this year, but they are all on the steep side and they need to be able to prove they can now compete off them. Uh, I'm going close to you, Jim, in that I'm going for the other Christian Williams runner, who I think is overpriced at 20 to 1, Captain Dunor. 
He's the only one in this field who strikes me as being as a having a overall positive season. No, he pulled up last time out. That was back over hurdles. I don't read into that as much as other people will do. Uh, and I think I, I think he might be better than a 140 horse. He's been he's been a uh, sorry dropped two pounds for his fifth in the old racing post trophy. The, the Close Brothers Chase now it is, but there's no point in me saying the Close Brothers Chase because what the Close Brothers Chase is a different race every year nowadays, isn't it? Uh, but I, I think that was a that was a decent race. You know, finished ahead of Double Shuffle, who loves it round Kempton. I think Mr Malarkey, for Mr Malarkey, has had a good season. Tondor Council's had a cracking year. I think that was a strong race. I think the Skybet Chase, in which he was third behind taking Ricks and I, right ahead of Canelo and one for the team, and the Butcher said, who also ran fairly well recently, uh, was a strong race. His second behind Royal Pagai, well, he bumped into a grade one level animal there. Well, or so the lovers believe. Uh, kept it at Christmas. Beat Canelo first time up at Newbury. He has been raised uh, £17 in the ratings from his first win this season. And he needs to prove he stays this far. I kind of think he might. Christian Williams wanted to run him in the Grand National. I know, I know he said that on Racing TV after he finished second to Royal Pagai. He wouldn't have got in. So I think they kind of uh, scratched that quite quickly but for a horse who has held his form well this season in races that I think are stronger than this and has been dropped for what wasn't a, a poor effort at Kempton last time out I think 2020 is worth uh, worth taking the risk about his stamina because I don't think this is a a race with much quality to it even the ones rated on him like you know good old smooth step on one last time out for Alex Hales, you know, but Jesus, he's a slow horse, isn't he? Mm. A slow horse, and he's rated one four two. He's a twelve year old now. The the young master, also twelve, has more uh, letters and numbers to his recent form. I am sure Captain Orr is a better horse than the pair of them nowadays, and he gets white often. So. I think I think he'll be where I side at twenty to one. I think that's a very very fair each way price. Yeah, and once again, I'm going to stick with the Christian Williams bandwagon and go for Kitty's Light at a shorter price and a more fancied runner um, for the Welsh trainer. Fair enough, Jimbo. Fair enough. It's a disappointing race. It looked like it was going to be very very good, didn't it? But disappointing turnout. Uh, the select hurdle. Is the 4.15. The last graded race of the British season. And what a treat it is. Uh, you, you never call his 72.5 to beat Pick Dory, who's 4-1. Indefatigable is also 4-1. On the blind side, he's 9-2. Captain Zebo, he's very interesting, is 6-1. Call me Lordy 7s and Clondor Caitlin is 8. Jimmy, is this a good race or a bad race? Or just an all right one? It's a bad race, but it's one where I think I've found the way into. Um, I think you never call his best fresh, and he's been. We saw that at the start of the season. Uh, he ran a cracker in that attempt race, um, and going back to two seasons, um, he always. I personally think fresh. Sandown over course and distance, he does enjoy, um, but he's had a 
a difficult season at a decent level and I'd be wary of him here. Pick Dory, um, they decided to give him a chasing career. We, we saw him win the Betfair hurdle in 2020, um, but then he's had a difficult um, season this year over fences, not taken to it like they'd expect. And a, a big horse and big bulky type like him, you'd expect him to relish it, but he's been disappointing uh, to say the least. And, and they put him back over hurdles at Taunton in a handicap and, he, he drew well clear with um, a, a, another stable companion that was carrying a lot less weight than him. I thought it was a, cre- a creditable enough run there. But I feel like he's, people are still living on that Betfair uh, hurdle form. And I, I want to see a bit of more present form. Um, and I think indef- indefatigable um, at four to one could be a bit of a, a, a decent bet, to be honest. Um Ran with plenty of credit in that stairs hurdle, the uh, the Liverpool hurdle at Aintree. Just didn't stay three miles, I don't think. Um, that was the second time uh, she'd been tried that. And she's been disappointed both times when stepping up in this in distance. Up to a trip of two mile five. Now, she travelled really well, which I, I think will be certainly more up her street. Um, quick rattling ground is what she enjoys. Um, we, we saw her, probably the highlight of her career so far has been in the Martin Pipe uh, when just na- nabbing uh, Pylon late on. Uh, she gets the mayor's allowance here. She's been in fairly decent form this season, although she's not won. She's been fairly consistent uh, in listed races. Uh, she ran fourth in the mayor's hurdle at Cheltenham behind Black Tears, Concertista and Roxana, only beating one and three quarter lengths behind Roxana, and she's had a cracking season. Um I just feel like there's a slight bit more to come from Indefatigable, where I feel like I know where I am with the others. Uh, on the blind side, had a, a season where he certainly bounced back this season. Um, he, he was a very up-and-down horse. and um, I, I think that this year he's he sort of come back into his own, and I've been impressed with what he's done. He, he, he ran red, very creditably in the Rendlesham, and he, pre- previous to that he'd won a nice race at Market Raisin, and he was a close second uh, in handicaps and behind McFabulous in the rail keel. Um, so he's had a better season than normal. It might be one too many. Captain Zebo's a fascinating runner in this. And, and whether he, he'll be up to this quality is a different question. But for me, indefatigable at Farsa 1, I think it's a, a decent bet and a decent price. I think on the blind side wins this, Jim. You've said I this think, every every race he's contested this season. You've been on him. Uh, do you know what? I, I think he's turned the corner. He's a horse who long time listeners of the pod will know. I genuinely had no time for whatsoever. Thought he was a massive bottler. Thought he was gutless. Uh, but no, do you know what? He's done really, really well this year. And everything bad I've said about him has been the opposite this season. Admittedly, Cole Miller did finish a place ahead of him in the Liverpool hurdle. Gets two pounds off Colby Law this time. It's minor, isn't it? It doesn't matter. Uh, but no, I just think the way this horse has been running this year, generally the, the best bits of form are all held by him. He's, he's backed himself up. I, I can understand why you might be a little bit worried because he has had a busy enough campaign. But bit of time back from entry. Yes, yeah, six to one. I think he's a very, very fair price. <laughs> There's not, there wasn't loads between him, Indefatigable, or Call Me Lord on the entry showing. 
But I think the Rendlesham was a decent race. I was impressed by him uh, when he won at Market Race. And only a week after he ran McFabulous close, what was McFabulous' best performance of the season in the Rel Keel. He'll be where I land, mate. You mentioned Captain Zebo. He is the, probably the most fascinating runner of the weekend. Since joining John Dixon, unbeaten in five starts, the last four of them all at Carlisle, out of handicap company, with his with a clay. I mean, he's normally ridden by a claiming amateur. John Dixon can't claim owns, and well, I think I think it's the Mrs. Dixon who is a registered owner, but trained and ridden. Uh, that'd be a right story if he could do this. He's a nine-year-old now, only had nine career starts. One for the North. I'm going to be cheering him on. Yeah, obviously, I'd love him to run well, but uh, I think this is a different kettle of fish than what he's been running in Brian. Oh, completely, completely. But we'll be a good laugh if we get an if we get an owner, trainer, jockey. You don't get you don't get too many of the uh, too many of them anymore, you know. And for one to want to have an actual chance in a Grade Two, that'd be a good laugh for Captain Zemo. Uh, we've not mentioned Pick Dory, who's quite prominent in the market, Jim. What do you make of him? Didn't go well over the fences this season. No, and and going back hurdles last time, I, it was held on heavy ground that I don't necessarily think he enjoyed. I think he's more of a top-of-the-ground horse. Um, he was carrying a lot of weight against an unexposed French rival in Rockerden. Um It was a good enough run, but I'd quite like to see him step up a bit more again. And, and also stepping up in trip here. Um, we've mostly seen him campaigned over hurdles over two miles and the, and the extra five furlongs here might just find him too much Fair enough mate I can understand that anything else you want to talk about on Sandown's card on Saturday? Um, the 450 is a, a nice race so Josh Gifford novice his handicap not that Puise uh, has been banging on the door all season of a handicap and uh, he's, a, he's got a decent chance off the same mark that he ran at air off Killer Clown's a horse that has done a fair bit of progression this season. Started off uh, well, two starts back on Boxing Day, one off a rating of one two three. He's now off a mark of one four uh, one, but he showed last time off a mark of one three eight in the Great World Gold Cup um, that he he managed the rise that he'd been given from Kempton, and he's up three again. And he's a top of the ground horse. He really does enjoy good rattling ground. Uh, and if he's jumping uh, is good and he can get in a rhythm, I think he's got a decent chance in the five past three. And in the first race at Sandown, on to victory is a horse I've liked since being recruited over hurdles for Alan King. Uh, he's got two novice hurdle wins to his name this year. He won fairly comfortably at Warwick, and the second since come out and won, I think, today. He was... He ran... Well, plenty of credit in the Betfair hurdle, but slightly flat. Um, I still think a mark of 127 for a horse that was rated 106, 107 on the flat. I still think there's a slight bit more to come from him, and I'll be hoping he'll be able to capitalise in that handicap. I agree with that, mate. He, he might be one of my nap companies. Well, he was going to be. Not sure whether he still is or whether, whether, I've, whether I've been jinxed, but yeah, I'm also very keen on to victory. We will just talk about Sandown's flat card on Friday briefly. Uh, you might be listening to this after these races have finished. The Gordon Richards Stakes is a good race for a Group 3, though, Jim. It's probably the race of, 
almost highest quality of the weekend, or certainly the one with uh, holding the most potential. Highest ground is two to one Fav to beat Hookham, who's a hundred to thirty. Valconig is four to one, six to one Thunderous, eleven to one Extra Elusive, twenty five Desert Encounter, eighty to one Winter Reprise. Briefly, Jim, who wins Gordon Richards? Oh, um, there's lots of little form ties in this. Uh, highest ground, Thunderous and uh, Walconig have all bumped into each other a few times. I don't want to be boring, but I think highest ground, he's the horse that I backed to in the derby last year. I think he's got the most potential. Um, only the four starts. He was disappointing in that Group 3 um, Dali sticks towards the end of last season. Um, but the, the quicker ground should seem to better affect um, I, I, he got collared late on by Thunderous in the Dante and I think if Oshin was to ride that race again he'd ride it differently Thunderous reposes here who we haven't seen since he's obviously uh, slightly fragile um, and I, I, I think that he's disrespected uh, in this at the, at the prices and uh, what, as much as like Valconic I think he might struggle on the quicker ground uh, and a track like Sandown I think it I think he got away with it at Pontefract last time because of the fact that the the opposition were less. I know there's been winners that have come out of that since, um, but these are better competition on quicker ground and I think he might struggle here. And I, I think he's the worst price horse in the race, even though Hookham, um, who looks like a proper staying type, is dropping down in trip significantly. Well, I can see why they're doing this with Hookham. It wouldn't have been my, my initial idea you know, given he won the Jeffrey Freer and then ran in a ledger, ran in a good ledger as well. I was thinking this this afternoon, Jim. Was the ledger better than the Derby last season? Um, I think more good horses ran in the St. Ledger than ran in the Derby last year. I think they were both bang average. Really? The, a Derby won by Serpent time with a maiden in third was bang average. It was fucking woeful. But you've got to bear in mind, like, Berkshire Rocco, what do you think of him? Do you think he's a, a, a grade one animal? Pile driver? Santiago, do you reckon they'll be winning grade ones this year? Pile driver's better than Serpentine. In my, in my book. I'd be willing to question that. I think Serpentine was used as a bit of a sacrificial lamb last year towards the end after he'd won the derby. I think if they give him a decent campaign this year, I reckon they pick up some nice races with him oh, and don't don't ever question me about when it comes to my thoughts on Berkshire Rock or Jim you know I'm head of his fan club yeah no that's why that's why I just chucked a sly dig in well yeah he is he's a genuine group 3 group 2 horses Berkshire Rock I have no qualms with that He's he'll be winning races I hope they go for stuff like the Henry the second is it Sandow on Brigadier Gerard Knight banging race for him there uh, but yeah this is this is an interesting one I'm more. I'm most intrigued to see what Hookham does in this. I'm not sure whether I'd be backing him. I agree with what you said about Val Conig. Uh, I think he won at Ponting on class, you know. But he's not a horse to give up on this season. He was slated for, for very, very minimal reasons. I felt last year. So I hope he shuts a lot of people up. His form is actually quite good looking at it, and he's from a late maturing family, and he'll want a mile and a half on soft ground none of which he's ever got yet in his career. This is still going to be a group-level horse. Don't worry about that. I agree that highest ground probably 
probably should be fast. But I agree with that at the prices, a bet has to be thunderous, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> thunderous eleven to two is cracking bet. You can get sixes with a, with a couple of firms, Betfair and Paddy Power, are still six to one on Thunderous. Look, it, the horse who we beat last time out suffered the price to, to do it again, and I know highest ground had an excuse that day, but Thunderous hasn't done anything wrong since because he hasn't hasn't ran. And Vol- Vulcan Star, who beat Thunderous on his first start last season, went and battled up winning in France the next time. So yeah. the form is good, and at triple the price, he has to be the play. For me, yeah, and he's the one for me that's got everything in his favour the ground and the distance. Um, all his best form is on better ground, uh, and I think a mile and two is perfect for him. I don't think he'll stay a mile and four. Um, I think highest ground will, but maybe, maybe towards the end of the season, try that. Cracking in terms of the older horses in here. Extra elusive and Desert Encounter are two very, very good yardsticks, obviously. Extra elusive. Got two group threes last season. Finished sixth in the champion stakes. Desert Encounter didn't actually win last year, but ran to a very, very similar level as what he's been performing at for a long time and ran fifth in the champion stakes. So two very, very good yardsticks to see where this group of four-year-olds are at. Yeah, really fascinating race. Looking forward to it. Do you know what? Extra elusive. I think he's overpriced at 11 to 1. Better ground. I think he's a better horse on softer ground. I know, he has, I know he has one on good ground, but that was good ground at Haydock, and that means it was soft. Yeah, that's a very, very fair comment, mate. That's a very, very fair comment. Moving on to the Bet365 mile at 3 o'clock. Palace Pier is 9 to... Uh, sorry, 9... I'm going to say 9 to 2. He's not. I wish. He's nine to four on to beat Kazam, who is sixteen to five. That's a made-up odd. Uh, Happy Power is tens. Bless him, he's forties. Uh, Palace Pier wins him, and we can get uh, and we can all get on with our lives. Simple as that. Yeah, Palace Pier's got a really good chance, uh, of course, at that price. And and Kuzam is a horse that's progressing nicely. Um, hopefully, he'll continue his progression onto turf from the old weather. He's been going. Uh, fairly well at, uh, in the all-weather circuit over the, over the winter. Uh, he put a nice field away in the all-weather mile. So it would be interesting to see where he rates in comparison uh, to how far behind he will be on Polish Pier. Um, it, the ground, um, awkward start. Funny ride by Frankie last time uh, we saw in the QE2 for Palace Pier, but he should bounce back here. Fair enough, mate. And the Bet365 Classic Trial. We've already had a couple of Classic Trials this season, obviously, for the Guineas Master of the Seas, winning the Craven and Chindit winning the Green. And good to see two horses who were competitive at, uh, at group level. The two-year-olds coming and, come and winning the trials. Quite often, you know, you can get Cravens and Greens with horses who would be in a little bit of the ra- little bit under the radar, but Chindit and Master of the Seas were well at the forefront of the two-year-olds last season, and they look to retain all their ability. Uh, this one is over a mile and a quarter, so it's more of a derby trial than a Guinness trial, and even derby trial is a very, very loose term of the word, isn't it, when it comes to this, just as a blue ribbon derby trial, which is won by Verco midweek. Uh, Yibia is 11-4 to four to beat Lone Eagle, who's 11-2. to two. Same price, Trawler Man, Etonian 7-1. 
Ted Adaya, 12 to 1 recovery run, and the Aidan O'Brien site of Sir Lucan, 16 to 1. Bar them, Jim, any opinion? Well, Godolphin look to continue the good run of form that they've been in in these sorts of trials. Um, but also, I, I like the angle of Richard Hammond's stable there in some serious form at the minute. Uh, of course, winning last weekend with Chindit. Uh, and Atonian's here, who's got very, very good form at Sandown, won the Solario Sticks uh, on good ground when and quite a lot of things went wrong, stumbled, uh, coming around the slight dog leg, um, stumbled once again, looked a bit all at sea, but put, a, put away a nice field to prove that that debut win wasn't a fluke when he beat one ruler who could probably go off favourite for the Guineas, judging by the, the vibes that are coming from uh, Charlie Appleby stable. Um, so he and he, he beat him fairly comfortably in the end. Oh, it uh, makes me giggle, Jim, because I was going to say the exact opposite to you. Why? The Salario was a nice field. No, the the first race that he ran in the oh, the fair enough. Race, he beat one ruler in Third Kingdom, flying high. Uh, they're all ignore me. They're all fair enough types, and and one ruler, like I said, he's more than likely. At, at the minute, I think he will go off there. They think he's better than Master of the Season, and look what he did the other day. Um, he was disappointing in the Dewhurst. It was a messy sort of race, the Dewhurst. The ground probably wasn't in his favour, um, and he was looked after late on. He, he didn't exactly jump very well. Uh, he was very, very keen and slightly disappointing. Stepping him up in trip here, um, I think we could see a better side to him. Um, stamina isn't exactly flowing out of the pedigree um, but I, I, I think a mile and two could be where they um, could be the best target for him this year and Lone Eagle's a horse who was very very likeable last season very consistent um, bumped into recovery run on his debut and then got the better of him at Newmarket in the Zetland um, good at Doncaster in the nursery he worked his way up uh, through the, the handicap system last year, Maiden's handicaps, then for the Group 3 last year. Very, very enterprising ride by Sylvester D'Souza, as we normally see at Newmarket on that rail. Um, led all the way and, uh, and couldn't be stopped. And he's a very gritty horse, Lorne Eagle. Uh, and I, I think he'll be there or thereabouts uh, if he's uh, trained on. But for me, Etonian and Lorne Eagle will, will probably be my two darts. Fair enough, mate. I can see the case for Etonian completely. I was going to be nasty about the Solario Stakes. I think it was a very, very poor race last season. Uh, last season, you know, the, the runner-up King Vega managed to get himself beat in a in a Newcastle novice uh, earlier. Well, at the back end of March, remains a maiden. The third isn't couple, a bad horse, though. The third isn't a bad horse over no, sprinting a, trips. Apollo One's a, a half decent animal, but he's about 100 rated. I'd have him. And apart from that, nothing particularly. Dubai Fountain hasn't hasn't won since right at the start of the season. Dinu was a maiden still. Don't think it was a great race, but like I said, his debut effort at Sandown wasn't was a good performance. And I'd agree with you with about the Dewhurst. Found it a strange race. I'm not entirely convinced that St. Mark's Basilica will prove to be the best horse in that race. No. Uh, I probably am just about going to be with the Fav here. Like you said, Godolphin have done well. So it's Yubia for me. Uh, that Haynes, Hanson and Clark stakes can produce good animals, you know. And I think it was a good renewal last season. Jumbe 
Aviv Johnson Hawkins was third. He ran fairly well at the Craver meeting in, in handicap company. McGallan, who was fairly well thought of by John and Fady Gosden, had won up at Newcastle uh, on his seasonal return. I think. No, he sorry, he ran at Lingfield prior to that ignore But at the start of this month, he won up at Newcastle. I think that form's all right. It's not a race I've got the strongest opinion on, but I think the market probably has it about right. The Zetland State tends to produce horses who are who are uh, more longer-term staying prospects, you know, 12 furlong-plus horses. So whilst I agree Lone Eagle is a superbly likeable colt, maybe he'll be better off over that sort of trip. Uh, so, yeah, probably the Appleby horse for me, although John Gosden... Uh, does have a good old fin runner so that means that that will win with by any means necessary wink wink nudge nudge wink wink nudge nudge pull pull uh, anything else you want to talk about Jim this weekend um, the Haydock card doesn't look too shabby on Saturday um, Dream Loper who's a horse who I think might be one to follow this season um He's running in the second race, I think the 250, uh, over seven furlongs. That, that might be a slight worry for me, and they could be using this uh, as a bit of a, uh, a plan to, for bigger things this season. I think a mile, uh, mile possibly even a mile and two in time. Um, she likes to be ridden from the back, come late on the nabbing, and, and there's a fair bit of pace in here. Uh, with Marshall Dan, which makes me think at Haydock on rattling ground, they might get away. Um, but Dream Lope is a horse that I've got a bit of time for, so just keep uh, your eye out for her in, in the upcoming um, months. Um, and that's it, really. It's not, not, not a vintage year. There's some nice racing, uh, nice racing on Sunday at with two listed races and then the vintage crop. Um, but other than that, no, not really. No, you're not looking forward to seeing an informed mum's tipple try and win the King Richard III stakes at Leicester up no. against Polgo and Lord Campari, who is a favourite again, Lord Campari. I don't know. I know he absolutely danced up in his maiden, but his, his next two runs were nothing to shout about, especially he flopped at even money uh, at the July meeting, I think it was. His favourite for that race, Shine So Bright. I think he's slightly overpriced, to be fair. At 8 to 1, ran quite well in the Abundant Stakes. He'd be my selection in that. No opinion, Jim, on the 240 at Sanon on Sunday, the Royal Pigeon Racing Association handicap. Where? On Sunday? On Sunday, Weatherby have a race sponsored by the Royal Pigeon Racing Association. Well, my family in the past were big pigeon racers. They used to put clocks in the fridge so that they slow the time down so it make their pigeons look better um, but let's not, <laughs> let's, not, let's not go into the shithousery of uh, <laughs> pigeon racing yeah nice looking forward to seeing Weatherby with a bit of flat action lovely race course and um, I'll probably have a look closer to the time with final decks but not the best weekend of racing and I know it's the um, the curtain closer for Sandown and hopefully we've Hopefully, there's some nice storylines and nice winners in there. Jimbo's family were the Rab Havlin of the pigeon racing world. <laughs> None of them are currently having bums. 
No, I find that bold, Major. I like that. I like that a different sport has decided to sponsor a race. That that bit that that'd just be a good laugh, wouldn't it? Like imagine if I, I'd piss myself if like the Premier League decided to sponsor the, the Six Nations. It'd be odd, odd Because they'd have enough money, and that that'd wind up the rugby union type so much they'd hate it. They'd spill the Guinness all over the check shirts and the slip-on shit flicker shoes, and it'd do my it'd make me smile. Happy days. Uh, Nothing else I particularly care about the weekend, to be fair. Like I said, the vintage crop. Uh, it'd usually be a nice race. Search for some of Princess Zoe if they turn up. And there's normally... Joseph O'Brien will run one of his uh, Melbourne Cup horses. Twilight payments in there, so it'll probably be... A, um, Santiago, if he's dead, that'll be a, a, a tidy race as well. But RTI nap cup time, please, Jim. My nap will come in the 4.15 at Sandown and indefatigable will be for me. Um, the next best will also come on Saturday in the 1.55 in the handicap hurdle with odds of victory uh, for Alan King. And my third best will come in the classic trial and will be Etonian in uh, the 3.35, the group three for Richard Hannon. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I think my nap this weekend, I'm going to go for on to victory, Jim. I think he's the tasty price, and like you, I hope that he'll be ahead of his mark over hurdles. Uh, my next best, there's nothing I'm massively enthusiastic about. If I'm honest, pal, I'm kind of scraping the barrel. Cascova! I can see him being better than a 1-3-3 horse. You know, running the champion bumper two years ago behind and didn't win last uh, last season on his only start over hurdles. Done all right this year, though. Finally got off the mark last time out where he beat Manvers House, who had some decent novice hurdle form to his name as well. Uh, last season, I seem to recall him chasing Chantry Household at Newbury, if I'm correct there. And I don't think that was a poor race. So Casco over one three three might be a fair enough opening map for him in the five twenty five at Sandown. Uh, and ideally, I'd like to find something in the pigeon race, but there's not decks yet, which is a shame. Uh, do you know what? I'd give at Ripon four twenty five. Mister Lupton's out at four to one. To win a handicap off a mark of 103 and Conor Murr to take him £3 off. Now, he was down the field in the Cambridge Trophy on his seasonal reappearance, but I thought that was a very, very good race. And we've seen Mr Lupton be able to compete off big marks, you know, in these sort of handicaps. Ran third in the St Wilfred off a mark, which will only be £2 higher, taking into account Murta's claim. Then he went and won the big handicap at the Curragh on Irish Champions Weekend off this same mark, and then batter that up as well with a good third in the Air Gold Cup. I think he could be capable of going well here. Good form at Ripon. I don't think the uh, Doncaster comeback was below form. And I think he he might take the beating here. Obviously, Martin Johnson's got a little bit of a... Uh, a well, that could potentially be quite progressive in Desert Safari. Let's go for old Mr Upton. He's borderline listed currently, I reckon. So one, yeah. uh, off a mark of 100, he might be able to get the job done here. Yeah, Fahey's falling in flying fettle. 
and Conor Murta with a double the other day, I think. Yeah, spot on, pal. Uh, there was just one minor point that I wanted to bring up as well, Jim. Do you know the name of the Dam of Etonia? I don't, know. It's Nan. Mm, what, what's your favourite naan bread? Uh, I like garlic. I'm a Peshwari. I'm a Peshwari coconut naan. Personally. And you can you can purchase all of them at Goshen Spice. <laughs> <laughs> of course you can. Thanks to everyone for joining in to Turf Talk this week. Hopefully we've found you a couple of winners. Uh, I don't think it's the most exciting weekend ever, but what can we do about it? Uh, thanks to, for Jim uh, for being here. And thanks for you for hosting. Yes, thanks thanks to everyone. Uh, and thanks to you for listening and rating the races for the support. Might have said that a couple of times already. Who knows, it's late in the evening. Uh, bless up and we'll see you all again soon. See you soon, stay safe. Oh, 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 oh,